And we are set to go, and hockey has arrived in the Sunshine State. With a shot, he scores! Martina Kucherov wins it in overtime! Saved by Vasilevsky, and he keeps it out of the net. Reaching behind him, he had it in his glove. Now for a feed in front of Kelly, he scores! And has won it in overtime! Steven Stamkos has reached 60 goals! Welcome to another episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Tanker. Hope everybody's having a good day. We're almost winding down. Tomorrow is Friday, and we got the weekend right around the corner. And, you know, it, it really brings a smile to my face to think this time next week we'll be having some hockey on. Or, you know, well, I mean, everything starts on Saturday, but you know what I mean. You know, this time next week we will be only a couple of days away from hockey being on television and i'm talking obviously we're not really talking about the the exhibition games i mean yeah those are a big deal it's going to be pretty exciting to see how the lightning do against another club and that is the uh the florida panthers that will be taking place on july 29th but i'm looking forward to more of the round robin games uh in particular the first round robin game and that is uh against the washington capitals so i'm super excited about that um in news if you missed it uh i'm sure you haven't but the seattle hockey franchise announced their logo today and their team mascot and that is the kraken right off the bat not really a big fan of the the logo i mean the name is all right so so but the colors and the name in the logo, I mean, the, the S kind of looks like a, I guess I want to say a, the, the cool S as I, you know, I wasn't entirely sure what it was called online, but I looked it up and it's called the cool S. And if you don't still have no idea what I'm talking about, it's that S that everyone used to, everyone used to draw in their notebooks. Or, you know, that's more of a nineties kid thing, I guess. I don't know. But go online, you'll see what I mean. I guess it's supposed to be designed as a tentacle um, with an eye kind of peeping out. But, I mean, the, the video that they initially um, released was pretty cool. It was, um, you know, the whole thing coming out of the water and all that. So that was pretty cool. I mean, I'm sure they'll maybe do some rebranding or maybe some, you know, alternate jersey in the future. But right now, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it's a cool name. It's a good idea. Uh, you know. I'm I'm excited to see how you know they. It's one thing to see the jerseys online, but it's going to be interesting to see how they really look on the players. So we have some time to look forward to that. On today's show, we have part three of the discussion slash I guess crossover episode uh, conversation that I did had with Chris Masilli of Locked On Avalanche. Uh, like I said in the first couple of parts, and I'll just reiterate it, is that we intended have a 45 to I guess like 45 tops was probably the preferred cap at the time but you know we that's what happens when you don't really have anything to talk about um, in terms of hockey I mean we had plenty to discuss in our own shows but you know now that things are really starting to move um, this is what four or five months of bottled up hockey geeking out looks like and it turned into two hours of content uh, a conversation which it was 
you know, it flew by. So, you know, I couldn't have been happier with it. Chris and I had a great time discussing all the things, uh, our own respective teams, as well as everything that has happened in the past couple of months or so. So, yeah, uh, we're going to play that in just a bit. But I want to talk to you about rockauto.com is a family business serving with auto part customers online for the last 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps and motor oil and even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door i mean that sounds absolutely super easy i mean who wants to go through all the hassle of you know ordering something online and you know just waiting waiting for it forever and you know all that just you know go searching throughout a store or whatever any of those other websites where you have to look for you know all these ridiculous byways to something you eventually either find or something they don't have that you need Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much money for the same parts? Absolutely. I mean, that's a no-brainer right there. I mean, would you rather go to the place that you're going to have a hassle at and, you know, have to pay a ton of money for? Or do you want to go to rockauto.com, have an early, a very easily uh, accessible experience online and then have to pay barely anything? You know, these, these prices are unbeatable. Uh, so go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So without further ado, here's part three of the greatest hockey conversation of all time, my conversation with Chris Masilli. And it's yeah. almost like Camel Car is like, I'm going to try this shot from this angle and, you know, be down almost on my knees while I do it. And you're like, what are you doing? And it's just, and he, and he nails it every time. Yeah, it's, um, it's, he's an incredible player, but so is the other two guys. And having said that, I feel bad that, you know, they're both in the same conference as the Avalanche. <laughs> uh, you know, Quinn Hughes, I've seen him play a little bit, but Dominic Kubalik is, you know, I think that him, and Kane, you know, even though you said not worrying about Blackhawks, having <laughs> yeah. him and Kane on the ice together, just, you know, I would not, I don't, I don't envy whoever has to play those guys. No. Yeah. And I, I've seen, those were the only games I've seen him play and him too. It's like he played very well against Colorado. Um, and obviously I'm not too familiar with him because he's just starting out, but right. I knew his name at the end of the games when they played Colorado because he, he, yeah, he gave it his all. He, yeah. He's going to be a really good player. Yeah, the Lightning had the misfortune of running into Chicago when they were going like through a very tough streak this year after mm-hmm. racking up like 11, 11 wins. And it, they went on a little slump afterwards. And I think like their second game into their five-game losing streak. Granted, you know, you would have thought how I was talking about this five-game losing streak as if they were actually on a 20-game losing streak. <laughs> but it was, you know, it was the Lightning are notorious – uh, offend, repeat offenders for starting off games slow, and I believe the Blackhawks were during they they caught them. They were in the middle of a winning streak as well, and I'll never forget. You know, I knew of Kubelik just like you did, and then he picked up the loose puck between right in the area between I believe the left circle and the blue line, and it looked like it was the quickest, most unassuming snapshot I've ever seen. Mm. It looked like. 
you know, you, you look at the replay and it's like, what muscles were you using? Cause you definitely didn't use your wrist or your forearms. <laughs> right. And he hit it. Like, I believe McEnany was in net, and you know, McEnany is, he could be a starter on a lot of NHL teams. And for him, even like after it got past him, it was like top shelf upper 90 of the goal. Right. And your McEnany was looking at Kubelik like, who is this guy? Mm. And it was, it was just insane. Now, what could you say about Quinn Hughes? Now, obviously, there was a lot of hype with him, obviously, with, you know, his the Hughes hockey family. And apparently, they have another brother who's going to be better than all of them. Oh, is that right? I, that's what I <laughs> Why hear. Why is yeah. it always the, the last one to get in is better than all of them? I think it, like the I, Manning I, family. Yeah, like the I, like, <laughs> I think <laughs> at the Sutters, uh, I, I think it's just, you know, they see all the, the, the mistakes of some of the things that they're brothers may or may not be doing and they work on that you know i think it's the sibling, point yeah it's a sibling rivalry now like quinn quinn hughes and cal mccarr i believe when they were starting to make names for themselves i didn't believe it at first i don't remember who said on nhl network but they were saying expect these guys i believe it was kevin weeks expect these guys to be fighting out for the norris trophy for the next 10 to 15 years uh-huh. now how much could you attest to you know you've probably watched way more quinn hughes maybe than i have which is zero so <laughs> um they're they're kind of similar in the fact that they're offensive-minded defensemen yeah and uh hughes i think ended up with 57 points uh Makar ended up with 50 granted Makar played I think like 11 less games yeah. than, uh, than Quinn Hughes did. But, and that's not slighting either one of them, just saying like they're both kind of like this new breed of defensemen who, and Makar said, um, you know, he prefers to be on the defense because he wants the, he wants all of the action happening in front of him. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Quinn Hughes is that the, the same way. Um, if the season hadn't ended, I, I think he would have been Quinn Hughes. I'm talking about would have been on track for like four or five rookie records that he would have, would have made Jesus. Um, on top of, um, you know, franchise records within yeah. Vancouver. So yeah, I mean, he's right. Uh, if it was Kevin Weeks that said it, these guys, these guys are going to be, battling for hardware and battling on the ice for for a long time and yeah and the the it, like you're saying like all these guys are so young which is great because you know the nhl is in really good hands with oh, its yeah. young talent we have all these guys that are kind of like kind of going maybe on the downside of their career mm-hmm. with the crosbys and stuff like that but the people who are there waiting to replace them um yeah. there's no drop in talent yeah we're not waiting a year or two for the torch to pass at certain positions. Like we're not waiting for the next LeBron to come. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, know, like as Crosby is kind of winding it down, you've already had McDavid for X amount of years, you know, where, where maybe you you're seeing certain defensemen like a Chara or Thornton, you're already seeing a a Kyle McCarr and a Quinn Hughes popping up here and Mm -hmm. there. Um, You know, like I, now that I said that, I don't think Thornton's a defenseman. He's a center. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, but still, you know, it's, yeah. it's just one of those things where it's it's you know, it's it's this is probably maybe you could think of another time, but this is probably the most uh, the biggest amount of young talent where they're legit. It's not like these guys right. aren't going to disappear in a year or so where that I think the league has ever seen. Now, is there maybe another time you could remember where it was, maybe it was when Crosby and Ovechkin were starting to pop up and yeah, maybe. Yeah. 
I don't know. And even they're saying that this crop of uh, like the top six, seven guys in this next draft. Oh yeah, the, are supposed to be even the next breed of player. So it's, it's just a gluttony of riches, right? I now, think. Honestly. I think. I think it. You got to chalk it up to junior hockey. Junior hockey is so competitive these days mm. to where guys aren't even really. I mean, hockey. NCAA hockey is so much more different. Um, it's more of a, obviously it's, it's more of a kind of like how the Dallas stars play. Right. And then junior hockey is just like, they're just teaching you how to play in the KHL and the NHL. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and not only, and then, you know, yes, Camel Carr and Quinn Hughes are going to be going at it. But one guy that we haven't talked about for the avalanche is Bo Byram who they got in the draft last year, who is a defenseman. Uh, and he he's there practicing right now. I don't think he's going to be on the final roster. I don't think mm-hmm. that he's, he's going he's gonna to cut it for this year. Um, he, people are just waiting for him to get to Colorado because <clears throat> I don't know what the lines are going to be, obviously, whenever he makes his way up. Right. But if it is McCarr and Byram on the same line, it's just going to be – a nightmare for other teams. Oh, the, nice. these, these two guys are so yes, it could be McCarr and Quinn, but you most likely will be able to add Byram to that. Really? Uh, wow. Trifecta of yes, it, it's going to be that that division is going to be going to add it defensively for a very, very long time. Yeah, that's <laughs> no, that's great that like you guys have that that perfect balance between a win now team and then. All right, you know, no pressure really because we have all this talent. Oh waiting. yeah. Whereas the Lightning, right. on the other hand, right. we, have to, we have to win now <laughs> because <laughs> because uh, during the trade deadline they traded their they had two first round draft picks. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, you know they being as how good they were with their record, they you know then again you know how deep sometimes these draft classes is you could pop, possibly get a diamond in the rough, mm-hmm. but. The Lightning, they traded their their first overall prospect and their first overall draft pick to New Jersey for Blake Coleman. Um, and then they traded the other one that they got from Vancouver uh, for, in the JT Miller trade to San Jose for, okay. for Barkley Goodrow. Um, so it's just one of those things where that's why before I placed the emphasis where this is that adds more pressure to, to Cooper. Because yeah. if you don't win now and guys are aging like a Stamkos, like a headman, you know, you're not going to have, you don't really have much waiting in the wings. Yes, you have top quality guys, but these guys aren't, these guys are more so second line forwards, second, right. pa- second pairing, possibly third pairing. Maybe uh, Volkov could be a, p- a potential first pairing defenseman. But other than that, I mean, they have, this one prospect he's he's at university of denver right now magnus krona he's 20 years old uh you know he still has another year to develop but with all the uncertainty around the ncaa coming back there he might just make the jump to the ahl um mm. now is there any players i did a segment on today on you know my past my last show about how maybe some we might see some of these prospects making the jump earlier than expected because of the uncertainty. Is there any guys with the Avalanche that possibly could be swinging that way from college straight to the AHL instead of waiting longer than they should? Um, 
I don't think so. And I think it, because it's not necessary. Right. Like they, they, they are, they're set up with what they have. They are, they're not needing to dip into yeah. that pool yeah. to kind of like forcing their hand of like, well, maybe we can get hot with this guy. They have um, another guy, last name is a new hook who um, he's going back to school for a second year. He already announced it that he's going back because there's no rush for these guys to come. Yeah. That's the thing. Like yeah. Krona, yeah. Krona is, I mean, he's literally, Vasilevsky's twin brother. He's six four. He's over two hundred pounds. He's nineteen years old. Um, and but and he has such raw talent and power. But at the same time, he he could go back. It's not going to hurt him if he goes right. back for his sophomore year. Now, guys like a, a Sammy Walker, who is the number one, who is the number nine rated prospect. He's at University of Minnesota. He's twenty two right now, I believe. So you know, some of these okay. guys might get antsy to wear all right, I'm going to be 23 in a year at the end of, you know, next season. And he's always, he's going into his junior year now. So, whereas, you know, he might want to think about making the jump. Now, could that possibly, not only the Lightning or even like the Avalanche, could you see that, you know, maybe some players getting anxious and saying, you know, I'm probably not going to have a season next year. Let me just, you know, since this team has my rights, let me just go even if I don't play in the playoffs, at least, you know, I'm, I'm doing something at the professional level where at least I could start getting stronger now instead of waiting another year and getting into the system and such. Do you think that could potentially hurt a lot of players going forward in their careers? Or do you think, you know, it's not going to be a big deal. It's only one year. Man, that's a, that's a good question. I don't know. It, it could, it, it's one of those things that could go either way. Um, and then, you know, as you're describing that, the one I'm thinking of is, like I said, Bo Byram, who is yeah. there practicing. Um, but I, and I think he, he's there with the intent of trying to make this team. I don't think he's just there to be a body for the starters to hit. Right. You know what I mean? I think he really wants to try to make this team. Um, it's just, it's a, a uphill climb for him right now because there would be, and I said this on my show, the avalanche don't they don't need him there right now and if they were to put him in there because he has all the talent in the world um but he's not nhl ready uh, mm-hmm. but if they were to put him in there and they lost a series because of mistakes he made could the avalanche live with that and i mm-hmm. the answer to that is no because they're they're in a position to win a stanley cup Right. If they if they were if they were one of these teams that got in because of this, this is a freak postseason and you know you you're like a Montreal Canadiens team or Blackhawks team that got in because they expanded the playoffs and you wanted to try some things, okay, I'm I'm okay with that, but I don't put him in there right now because um, I don't think he's 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 ready. He he definitely will be. You will hear his name over and over again mm-hmm. in the next year or two. Uh, but to put him in there because of, you know, he was a number four overall pick. He was a number one defensive, the defenseman picked. Um, and because you have such high expectations for him, just to throw him in there because of that right now, when you already have a team that can can go out and do what you want them to do, mm-hmm. doesn't really make sense to me right now. Right. Now, like, you, that's funny that you you brought up, you know, the teams that are weren't really expected to, to, to come and, you know, go make the playoffs at all. Um, but now they're in it, you know, just by luck. And now yeah. they're, they're kind of, I know the Canadians are the one team that they brought up, like, I think three of their top prospects. 
There you and go. like with the intention of you guys are going to have to help us out because <laughs> we don't have much. Um, I think yeah. the, yeah. So that's, that's kind of a interesting thing now. Like got, you know, you, I could see a situation where like, especially in the playoffs, there's so much pressure where a guy could, you know, it's his first time ever playing and he totally, you know, falls flat on his face and they lose the series because of it. And that could potentially change his career for the worse. Yeah. Or you could yeah. come out and have kind of like a Tory crew kind of thing where you right. score your first, you know, it's just, you never going to know. But I mean, it, I think just for me, if I was the GM, especially if it's my top prospect and there's no need to have him, you know, if he wants to take reps with the team, that's great. But you don't want to kill a guy's confidence, especially on right. one of the biggest stage in the game. Now, a guy that, you know, who is going to have a ton of confidence, uh, Nathan McKinnon, because he's going to have a ton of hardware potentially. <laughs> Once the voting is concluded, he's right. in the running for not only the Ted Lindsay, but the Lady Bing. Right. Um, you know, what do you think his chances are against Leon Dreisaitl and, you know, the the black the black horse uh Artemi Panarin yeah. who who I was shocked I mean we all knew how good he was when he was in Columbus and Chicago right but to go from the market that Columbus is and I'm not discounting Columbus Ohio I'm sure it's a great city right but <laughs> you know Columbus isn't New York no no and just, yeah. to go from there and to take less money to play on Broadway and to play as well as he did is just, it's mind blowing. Like I fully expected a guy like that. When I saw that he signed with the Rangers, was I shocked that he decided to go to the Rangers instead of the Islanders? No, I think any one of us would choose the Rangers over the Islanders. Right. Um, but for him to score and to play the way he did to take not only his level of play up to a five, but to a 10, sure. it was now, do you think he has any real chance to really win this and beat out McKinnon and Dreisaitl, or do you think this is just a two-horse race? Well, uh, first I'll say uh, I, I'm a little annoyed that he went to the Rangers because it, ca <laughs> it came out not even a month ago that Nathan McKinnon was pushing hard for him to come to. I, I remember there being some talk about him going or him there was some rumor flying it was around there yeah and i was actually relieved because i was like <laughs> i don't i don't want this guy anywhere near the eastern conference i don't want him regardless <laughs> if he's in another division because yeah. he's the kind of guy that it was only a matter of time with his skill set until he figured it out and put everything together and he yeah. finally did he did uh, and and i guess you know he he called nathan mckinnon after he picked the rangers and, and apologized <laughs> Sorry, I, did, I didn't choose Colorado, but it sounded like Colorado was the second choice. How would, uh, how would they have even fit him? Would he have been first line with McKinnon? And <sighs> where, where do you fit in? You know, because you guys, <laughs> I mean, just glancing at your roster. Yeah. I wouldn't say you're like, you know, you're not like a, you're not like a cheat, cheat sheet in terms of just picking all the best players, but you're pretty stacked <laughs> from, from yeah. first line to third pairing. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It would have been it. It would have been disgusting, really, to to, to see that. That are team. we are we talking, one hundred and thirty points? Oh, for for Panarin or for McKinnon or for both? For both, <laughs> because it's they could both much. score. They could both pass. Yeah. Where, oh yeah. And you know, you get the right goaltending. This team is possibly outdoing what the Lightning did last year. 
it's very very possible if he's on and what would have been scarier than anything is like the power play oh my god that, the power that play would've... that's why i i said like what western conference could have taken him i don't care if he went yeah. to vancouver <laughs> or arizona like yeah and uh if, if there's one area that the avalanche do need to improve on it's that so he, he would have you know that would have been fixed overnight if he signed with them but you know, he went where he went and it kind of showed me or told me he wanted a stage. He wanted to play on a big stage. He went, like you said, he went there for less money. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think he wanted, uh, yeah, you're, you're coming, you're, you're leaving Columbus. Um, and while, you know, Denver, Colorado is a big city in terms of hockey, it's not the biggest market. He wanted the market to go to, so okay. well. I mean, that might all change now with the 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 new CBA and the the owners and the players working together to promote the game. You know, you could yeah. see, you could very well see Nathan McKinnon billboards not only all over Colorado, but you know, in the neighboring oh, sure. states. Um, you know, that's how do you feel? How wide open do you think this is? Are we going to see like super teams now in the NHL? I don't like, know. I think about that all the time with like how the NBA is just. How it, they, I, they, I think they, about that too. How would that even work? You know, because like, know. like, I mean, the, you have you have like a mini one up in Toronto with Marner, Tavares, and Matthews, and Bear, and you know, I mean, it would ha- you would have to get everybody kind of thinking like Panarin to take less money. The money's just not there. Yeah, to get all these guys on the same team, it's just you'd have to get those guys together to say like, you know, guys that haven't won a cup and say, all right, let's do it the cheap route, and this is how we can get a cup. You know, people aren't going to like it, but let's take $5 million a year. Well, just well the Red Wings kind of did that. They kind of became the destination for players kind of on the back end of their, their careers just wanting a cup. You know, they had Luke Robitaille. They had Brett Hull. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that could possibly kind of be like a new thing. Granted, I mean, I don't think players these days, especially now with all the money that's going through hockey, um, I don't think they're going to take less money. I don't think, like, you're uh, going to see – like a like a Joe Thornton, you know, take less money or I mean his contract's gonna be up already, but I'm saying like if he had the choice of getting more money in San Jose or possibly winning a cup on like right. a, a two million dollar deal or something ridiculous like that, I think he's taking the money. Cause nothing <laughs> right. nothing's ever guaranteed, especially in hockey. We saw it with the lightning last year we saw it with the wild a couple years ago and they yeah. won the conference and blew it in the first round yeah exactly it's um, a little bit different in basketball yeah, yeah it's, it's it's one of those right. things yeah right. um now, but to 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 just to yeah. backtrack a little bit and, and answer your question on the uh assume you know that assuming the heart is going to be because uh, when are they announcing that i believe it's going to be right before the stanley cup finals Okay. that's where they're doing the Vezina. So I'd assume they're all yeah. doing it at once. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and who knows if the, the Ted Lindsay is a microcosm of what the heart trophy could be, but just talking about like the Ted Lindsay award, could uh, Panarin get that? Yeah. I am really interested, interested to see where the voting goes um, for the Ted Lindsay and for the heart. Um, because you, you, it's one of those things where you definitely can make an argument for all three of those guys. For for Nathan McKinnon, yeah, my argument is yes. A lot of teams play with injuries. Um, the Avalanche played with injuries the entirety of the season. He and he he escaped right up until the end. He was hurt going into the break or not the break, the suspension. Mm-hmm. Um, so he lucked out in that aspect. He was going to be out for a few weeks. So um, what he did 
with all of those guys, it was a re- revolving door of just injuries. Um, now the argument could be made for Dreisaitl that he lost the ultimate player in Connor McDavid for a little mm-hmm. while, and he continued to do the same thing. So that's where the term value comes in. Like it's not just best player. It is value. Um, yeah. And all those guys have in, in incredible value to their team. So I think it's going to yeah. be a pretty close race. I really I, do. I think the only thing that maybe works in the favor of McKinnon and Dreisaitl is that regardless of if they, you know, canceled the season when they did or played it out fully, those two teams were still making the playoffs. The Rangers were on the bubble and right. the other, and granted, yeah, they were on a roll. I remember then, but still who knows they could have, easily gone on a on a rough patch to end the season and could have missed it by a point exactly um so but i think a lot of people i saw the one thing is that well without panarin they wouldn't have even had a chance to have a chance you know (laughs) right so which i mean it's kind of a stretch but um (laughs) now the lady bing Mm -hmm. um what are your thoughts on like the the real obviously that goes towards you know the the most gentlemanly conduct aka the less you know the 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 least amount of penalty minutes and you know all that stuff um what how much of an importance is that towards you you know granted Um, it is impressive that mckinnon only had 12 penalty minutes which i dude i didn't know I, i i look at his stats all the time and for some reason i just skipped over penalty minutes all the time i he's a he is a you know nose to the grindstone player he doesn't take crap from anybody um, so to only have 12 penalty minutes really shocked me. He, he, he's a hard nosed player. Um, and the thing that kind of, it, I, I was shocked that he was even nominated for it. And I know it, a lot of it goes of off of penalty minutes. Um, but he, he's kind of a son of a bitch when he's playing. Like oh yeah. He, he, he lets the refs have it. Uh, he plays fair. He's not a cheap shot artist yeah. by any, at, at all. Um, but he, he doesn't let the refs escape like his wrath when he wants to. And I think that should come into play when it comes to the lady Bing award. Yeah. Um, so that kind of surprised me a little bit. I don't think he'll win that one. Um, I believe Ryan O'Reilly is up for that. Yeah. And Matthews. And I, and I, I just feel like when Ryan O'Reilly's career is done, it's going to be renamed the Ryan O'Reilly. Award. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, he's like one of the most polite players in the league. He really is. He, he, is. he, he lays out a bed sheet before he hits you on the ice. <laughs> ask you if you're tucked in. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't, I mean, I, I don't anticipate that one, but um, here I am thinking that McKinnon hopefully will win the Lindsay and the heart and he'll probably lose both of those and win the lady Bing. they will probably go in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know what, that's, it's always nice to have the best player on your team um, and especially if win a trophy. I mean, I, it's a good sign. You know, you have, if you, if you have two players on your team, not only winning the quote unquote MVP award, but also the, um, the, 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 the rookie of the year award to where, you know, you have something that you have right now that is great. And then you also have something you're going to look forward to for right. many years to come. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, with you know, uh, with the Vezina, I mean, you guys definitely have a more chance bringing bringing a uh, silverware home than uh, maybe my guys do. Uh, we got Vasilevsky up for the Vezina, and then we got Headman up for the the Norris, which are just two very tight races. And uh-huh. Vezina could honestly could go to any one of these these goaltenders. And granted, 
I'm I'm very biased about this. I think Vasilevsky's the best goalie in the league. I mm-hmm. think that he, you know, the best goalie, you know, and a lot of people discredit him because, you know, well, he has all these players and all these weapons in front of him, whereas Connor Hellebuck didn't really have much on his team this year. Um, he, granted, yeah, he kind of, a lot of people don't, the thing that hurts Vasilevsky is that he, he wins a lot of games and people don't really take a lot of stock in, in goalie wins. Which is uh, so odd. It's, it, I mean, I guess like it's the same thing as if you're looking at the Cy Young Award winner candidates with wins in baseball. Because it's like, well, a guy could pitch six innings, qualifies for the win, and that'd be done with it, you know? Like, yeah. Um, whereas I get where people are coming from, but it's like, granted, he didn't single handedly win those games like a Hellebuck you could make the case for because Hellebuck led the league in shutouts this year. Um, and then. But if you're going to use that argument with Vasilevsky, you could use that with Rask, even though Rask only had like 26. Mm-hmm. Rask plays on an even better team right. than, the, than the Lightning. So um, now, granted, yeah, they are going to announce the awards later on in the playoffs, but do you think any performance during the playoffs is going to have – granted, they're not supposed to, but do you not think there's to. going to be any maybe sway if like – like a like a like a dry saddle gets hot, or maybe like a like a hel- like a Tukaras gets hot. Um, right. Do you think that's going to have any sway towards the decision um, with any of these awards? Because I think I mean, if if they if they I think a lot of these people know who's going to win the Calder. I don't think that's really a mystery at this point um, for we, those people. It was, so. as, right. Yeah, right. And it's it's interesting because um, under normal circumstances. Are, are, is the voting in before the playoffs even? I was wondering really that too. I would imagine they would just so for that reason. Exactly. But, and and this is a different ball game now. So could like it's a really good question. Could somebody get swayed? Uh, like like you said, if if McKinnon just goes crazy in that first round, will that change uh, maybe a vote or two? Mm-hmm. It shouldn't. It, it it's not supposed to work that way. Right. But because um, those those votes could just go towards a Con Smythe instead of a yeah. Ted Lindsay or you know right 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 exactly. So um, I don't know. Well, and the thing is, we will never know. <laughs> no, we won't. And regardless <laughs> if it looks like it, that's the case, we'll never get the real answer. No. Um, and then we got my guy Victor Hedman um, mm-hmm. in the Norris Trophy talk now. The cards, the the voting, you know, this the Norris Trophy is obviously for the best defenseman. Right. Recently, it looks like it's just the voting for the most points by a defenseman. Because that that, that kind, kind of going yeah, on. that's kind of like the trend that you saw right. over the last couple of years. Um, John Carlson absolutely lit the world on fire with, I believe, he had like seventy four, seventy five points this year, something around that range. Yeah, it was something like that. And but it's like John Carlson isn't. He's just, I, in my opinion, I don't know how you feel about him. He's, in my opinion, he's just an offensive defenseman, whereas right. Hedman is more of a two-way defenseman. He could, he could, he's a good playmaker. He could score the goals when he need, when he can and chooses to because mm. he's more of a facilitator. But he he's also has this uncanny talent. I, I can't tell you how many times um, because the Lightning are also terrible at just passing the puck. And just, you know, not have creating turnovers on their own end. And I can't tell you how many times they've turned over the puck in the neutral zone this year. And oh, Hedman's had to get on his horse and race back to to break up the fast break. 
or the rush where, okay. it's, where granted, yeah, that, you know, you have Vasilevsky in goal, but you never want to make it too easy for the other team. Right. Um, Roman Josie, haven't watched a bunch of him, so I can't really have an opinion on him. Um, obviously, I know he's a very good defenseman, but I think Carlson's going to win. It's just because, like I said on my last episode, defensemen scoring a lot of points is just the sexy stat now for defensemen. Yeah. It's not, you know, I believe there's these tons of advanced stats. Um, the one stat I really look at and I talk about a lot of my show and really measuring a player, whether you're a defenseman or a forward, is it's the points created stat um, okay. or points shared where it measures not only even if you didn't get in a point in the play, um, if if you had some defining role in that leading up to a goal, right? You're credited with that point. It's like an abstract point uh, um, column, I guess, in the stat sheet. But right, right. I, Victor Hedman for defenseman is in the top two, top three for that. So you know that kind of works in his favor too. But I really wish there was a stat where they they really really go in depth with the defenseman in goals, points saved, kind of, you know. Um. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, yeah. So that concludes part three of my crossover episode with Chris Masilli of Locked On Avalanche. Now, we're probably going to release part four tomorrow. Now, just off the top of my head, just from seeing how much we record it, there's still probably a good number, chunk of minutes left. Um, as for when we're going to release the rest of that, um... Our preference is probably, you know, if we wanted to drop the rest of it on Friday in tomorrow's episode, I really don't want to do it that way just because it's going to be a super long episode. So keep an eye out for possibly either we're going to drop it on Saturday or Sunday or even maybe Monday morning, have two episodes on Monday morning. So that's been it for today's episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. I'll talk to you in the next one.